1: It is always a pleasure to have Jack Windsor of The Ohio Press Network on our show. We're very fortunate to have him, and you are fortunate to have the opportunity to subscribe to The Ohio Press Network. You should, because that's where you get the real news with unbiased perspective. And you can find that at theohiopressnetwork.com. Follow Jack on Twitter at Jack Windsor. And, Jack, we have a governor giving his state of the state on Tuesday, Governor DeWine. I can tell you what the legislative agenda and priorities are for other governors who are Republican governors in Florida, Arkansas, places like that. I can't tell you what the Ohio Republican governor's agenda is. Do you know what it is or does he have one?
2: Hi, Bruce. Uh, it's a great question. First of all, thanks for having me today. It's always an honor to be here with you and uh, and our listeners. So um, look, I, I can tell you what it's not going to be. Uh, it's not going to be uh, Ron DeSantis. It's not going to be Florida. It's not going to be Iowa. Uh, it's not going to be some of those places where um, you know the red meat governors uh, really tackle social issues and I, I would say that is the important thing to understand with Mike DeWine he's going to stay away from social issues, he's going to stay away from the transgender scrum. What he's going to lean into is mental health, what he's really going to lean into is mental health for kids particularly those kids that come from um, underprivileged or uh, you know below the poverty line families So I expect to hear a lot about that and very little about social issues on uh, Tuesday of next week.
1: All right. So if he really cares about mental health for kids, why does he not care about Ed Choice and getting them in the best schools possible and getting them in schools where the teachers are interested in teaching them and loving them and disciplining them and uh, demanding more of them than letting them rot in failing public schools where they get transgender indoctrination and uh, their, their teachers are protected by teachers unions? If mental health is one of his priorities, great. I just want to know why he doesn't see how Ed Choice is connected to kids' mental health.
2: Yeah, and that's a great point. Uh, I would say after talking with people who spent a lot of time on the campaign trail with him this last general election, they would say that he personally believes in education choice and now here's the fine line that he's going to have to walk, but he wants the legislature to be the legislature. He wants them to draft the bills and work that all out through floor debates, through jockeying, those types of things, and then put forth the best piece of legislation. Uh, As far as education choice, my understanding is that he was concerned about some of the technical stuff in previous bills or maybe like the backpack bill. So those are going to be the questions I think the press will have to lean into next week. Uh, you know, Mr. Governor, can you tell us what the ideal education choice uh, bill would look like for you? And uh, we'll see. Um, so if he is uh, personally on, uh, I guess, on the side or a fan of education choice and abortion, right, Uh, what's that going to look like? And uh, I think that we'll find out next week. But um, I think he'll also get some blowback (laughs) from people who go, well, wait a minute, you wanted the legislature to be the legislature, uh, except for COVID.
1: Yeah, well, exactly right. And our guest is Jack Windsor, the Ohio Press Network. Follow him on Twitter, at Jack Windsor. So my response would be, if you want the legislature to be the legislature, why'd you run for governor? Like, if you want to lead the state, then lead it. Like, what does leadership mean to this guy if he's not going to cast a vision for what where the state should be headed and if he's not going to try to steer the legislature where he thinks it should go? Like, uh, is he governor? Or is he caretaker?
2: Touche. And, uh, you know, certainly he has lobbyists that executive lobbyists that work with um, the statehouse folks. And so uh, we'll see. We'll see how that comes out. I mean, you know, right now, the General Assembly is is locked in a lot of hot debate about uh, the 60 percent threshold Mm -hmm. to pass a constitutional amendment. They're locked in debate about education choice. They're locked in debate about what are we going to do with respect to redistricting and uh, what about parents' rights and LGBTQ stuff. Um, So that stuff will certainly come up. And I would say, and I'm going to pivot here, I I would say the thing that your listeners really want to pay attention to um, down the line is, what bills come out of the General Assembly, uh, I think Jason Stevens is going to have to give a little bit on what, what you would call a conservative agenda. But where people really need to pay attention is what's really in the bill. Because you can pass, let's say, Save Women's Sports, and if it does something for, I don't know, middle school and high school students, that's a win. But what about the college students? Right. So, those are the types of things, the, the legislation that comes over the finish line. And then there has to be accountability. Mike DeWine, what do you want to see happen? So when the voter ID law passed, he said, look, there were some other stipulations in the previous bill that I didn't like. Um, and I don't have clarification on what those things were. But, uh, you know, you got to look, look at the entirety of it. Are is there, there watered-down principles that he's going to pitch and that the legislature
1: is going to pass? Jack Windsor, The Ohio Press Network, is our guest uh, I bang on Joe Biden for not being accountable to the voters through the media. Does Mike DeWine ever hold a press conference? Like, if I want to ask him these questions, like, is he, is he accountable to anybody? Like, does he ever hold a press conference?
2: Uh, you mean outside of ties, pies, and lies yeah. uh, back in 2021, 2022? Uh, you know, once in a while he does, um, but it's been a while. And, you know, I don't really get a chance to ask questions. Originally, they barred me from those, remember? Yep. And then they allowed me to come and they said, you can be here. But you just can't ask questions, no, that's a big help. so yeah, right um no i we'll see um we'll see if he if he does that again. I don't think that went well for him in fact, when you look back over uh his numbers, I think he was at his worst when he was holding uh those press conferences, particularly with conservative republicans uh It wasn't until after those things stopped that he started to, you know, come up from under the water and uh, retake the lead in in a primary election and then, you know, went on and won the general going
1: away. All right. Enough for the moment on our failed governor. Uh, Let's move to the statehouse where failure also is uh, in evidence. Jason Stevens is the speaker. And uh, optically, like when you hire as your policy director a woman who had close ties to Larry Householder, who's on trial for racketeering. Uh, I guess Jason Stevens is pretty brazen now that he's got the Speaker's gavel, and he just really doesn't appear to care uh, about insulating himself from what is a clear association with Larry Householder, given the way that Stevens got the speakership in much the same way Householder did.
2: Yeah, well, Jason Stevens was appointed, uh, appointed by Larry Householder after uh, you know Larry Householder won uh, his election to be Speaker. And um, when you go back and you look at how he won, you hit it right on. Um, Larry Householder made deals with Democrats, and uh, Jason Stevens made deals with Democrats. In fact... Uh, more Democrats voted for him to be Speaker. I always remind people of that, 32 uh, versus Republicans. Only 22 voted mm-hmm. for him, and 45 voted for his opponent, uh, Derek Merrin And by the way, they all promised in caucus that they were going to vote for Derek Merritt, so 22 of them went back on their word, uh, which is going to be their bugaboo. Some people are not going to get over that. Um, and if you saw the first session, I think uh, they're going to have a lot to answer for because the people who supported Stevens. Did so on the premise, and now it looks like a red herring. They did so on the premise that he's a uniter. He's going to bring the caucus together. (laughs) He's a leader. (laughs) What I saw was he ignored uh, 35 to 45 Republicans who tried to amend the rules. He ignored uh, a couple of folks who tried to offer substitutes to Bill Seitz and John Cross, who are now on the House leadership team. I mean, he flat-out gabbled them down and said, nope, we're not going to do that today. Um, And by the way, when you run the math on that, if that's, you know, say 45 representatives, that's 5 million Ohioans. So when Jason Stevens says, hey, it's time for us to move on and get to work, okay, touché. But uh, you really just ignored your own party. And I've never seen a Democrat get treated the way that Republicans were treated in that first
1: session on Tuesday. Well, Jason Stevens has the teeming metropolis of Kitts Hill behind him, which I don't know, population of Kitts Hill. But it's got to be more than Cleveland, Columbus and Cincinnati put together. Uh, Jack Windsor, the Ohio Press Network, is our guest. And you can follow him on Twitter at Jack Windsor. All right. Two undercover video investigations, one by Project Veritas of the Pfizer top executive. One by Accuracy in Media in Ohio. And the left's view is hidden video is, like, not to be paid attention to. The uh, superintendent, uh, one of the assistant principals in the Mason schools, says that uh, a manufactured secret sting video is not the kind of evidence I would consider valid for passing judgment. Uh, don't know why not. But that's kind of the same view of the Pfizer people. And the mainstream media is ignoring the Project Veritas stuff where the Pfizer exec admits, yeah, we're mutating viruses. Uh, And boy, we hope that word doesn't get out to the public.
2: Isn't it stunning? I think that that is the, the word that comes to my mind. And I'm almost without words. And that's saying something, Bruce. I've been on your show long enough, (laughs) you know, that I'm seldom without words. But two separate points, one main theme. Um, And the, the main theme is it's deception. And it's renaming and calling things that are as if they aren't. That's really it. So in the school videos last week, we wrote about this going on in Columbus suburbs This week we're writing about it going on in Cincinnati suburbs, and I'm going to tell you there are other ones coming out in the next week. So what's the deal? Here's the deal. You can call it critical race theory. You can call call it purple bananas on a Sunday. I don't care what you call it. The fundamental principle is that they're teaching divisive concepts to kids that make them think that this country is inherently racist and that we need to somehow give reparations to certain groups of people, and that if you are of a certain skin color, then you fit into this box, that box, and the other. It is a far cry from the the plea to be judged by the content of our character versus the color of our skin.
1: Yeah, it absolutely is. And I want to stop you there because I want to continue you over into the next segment because there's a lot left to talk about in that vein Our guest is Jack Windsor, The Ohio Press Network. So stick around. I want to go into this deeper here on The Bruce Hooley Show. Back on The Bruce Hooley Show here on 98.9 The Answer and 94.5 The Answer in Dayton. And on Fridays, we always talk with Jack Windsor of The Ohio Press Network. And Jack was kind enough to join us at the top of the hour, as he always does. But I wanted to continue him over because he was in the middle of telling us about something that... um, he knows is going on in the state of Ohio and making some really good observations. I think that parents need to be aware of in terms of what's going on in schools. And Jack brought up the fact that there's this thing now in schools in Ohio. And I think I know which district he's talking about where they are telling kids that there's a children's bill of rights, a children's bill of rights. Well, we have a constitution with the bill of rights that applies to all citizens in our country So, Jack, I'd like to hear more about this Children's Bill of Rights and what it entails, and then we'll see where that conversation leads.
2: So you have videos where teachers, administrators, um, DIE, diversity, inclusion and equity instructors are blatantly saying, well, we'll just call it something else if they outlaw CRT. And it's just how we're going to do it. And if they want to Eliminated in the curriculum, then we're going to do it in other programming. Um, and I'm here to tell you, Bruce, it's it's going on, and uh, I can speak specifically to Olentangy Local School District. They'll do it in story time, or you know, they have morning meetings, afternoon meetings. They have guidance counselor meetings once, uh, you know, every two weeks, where the guidance counselor comes in, and so these students are consistently peppered with this agenda uh, and this activism. And so then flipping over to the Pfizer thing, I mean, look. They're doing what appears to be gain-of-function research, but, you know, we're going to call it something different, too. We're going to – what would they call it? Controlled, controlled evolution. Controlled
1: evolution or manufactured evolution or something like that. Yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, are you kidding me? A sane human being who has their wits about themselves, they they know for two years you felt that in your gut, like – these numbers aren't adding up, this uh, this doesn't add up. And now that, and and you were called a conspiracist, right? Now that you see it on video, oh, no, 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 no. That is all manufactured. You know, they clipped here, they they cut there. Um, It's unbelievable, Bruce. I don't know where we go from here. I don't know how you trust um, some of the most fundamental institutions in our culture. I I don't know how you trust them anymore. How do you trust public health? How do you trust big pharma? How do you trust school systems? Um, as a sane person,
1: it's getting harder by the day, well, and I think that's the you know an unintended goal of the left, which plays into their overall agenda, which is tear down every institution, raise a generation of kids who does not think who do not think that America is an exceptional country because kids who are taught that their country is exceptional, that their country had a special founding, are kids that who will when they become adults, you and I will defend it to the hilt. But if you raise a generation of kids to think that the country they're raised in is garbage, an oppressive country, full of you know population segments that can't make it because of immutable characteristics that they can't change, why would they defend that when they get to be adults? So that's what I see in education now is a, a purposed effort to tear down the uniqueness of America, the specialness of America— to accentuate the flaws and to de-emphasize the triumphs, because then if the country is not special, then why preserve it? It's okay to have an open border. It's okay to make yourself the lord of your own life. I mean, I just see that all this plays into the glorification of uh, the demonization of the country that you and I love and Used, have used in our careers journalism to try to defend?
2: I can't say it any better than that. I'm going to give you one quick story. I know that we're almost out of time. And um, in, in the way that they do it is subtle. They play on trust. They play on naivete of, of children. So, for example, um, I have my hands on some information that was distributed to a fourth grade class. And uh, it's it's a one-pager That talks about what they call uh, the Children's Bill of Rights. Have you ever heard of that, Bruce? The Children's Bill of Rights? I haven't either. My understanding is that we're all protected under the Bill of Rights in the Constitution. The 14th Amendment says (laughs) that we have equal protection, but they're teaching kids that you have a Children's Bill of Rights. And guess what's included in that Bill of Rights? Identity. How Mm. you feel, how you see yourself, what you want to be reality in your life. And so they're starting to teach kids that is part of that bill of rights you have a right to your identity well guess what when you teach somebody something long enough uh you know it's called uh, spaced repetition when you space it out and repetitively say one thing Eventually they believe it. So it's no wonder that we have kids coming out of our education system who go, well, wait a minute, it's a constitutional right mm-hmm. for me to pretend to be a girl. It's a constitutional right for me to call something that isn't as if it is. And and darn it, how dare you come against me? Um, so it's, it's pretty scary how they do it. It's actually disgusting when you get down to it. Um, and so we'll talk about that more, I'm sure, in the
1: days ahead. Well, and if it's a constitutional right, then it's a human right. And if it's a human right, then there can be no authoritative voice to trump that right. No voice of God, no truth, uh, you know, that could apply to it. You know, you would never be able to advocate for slavery from the pulpit and say that uh, this is how we believe in our faith. So this is a way, I think, to to get rid of deference to a higher power in our culture. The government is the higher power. The government decides what your rights are, and your rights must be defended at all costs, including to the exclusion of all religion.
2: You got it. And particularly the exclusion of people who believe in some sort of Judeo-Christian worldview. Um, They love pantheism. They love, um, you know, this uh, multicultural approach to religion. Um, So really, it's everything but conservative, everything but Christian, right? Everything but, um, well, I'm not going to get into the rest of it, but
1: you know where it's going. I just wonder if that children's bill of rights comes from a certain large school district in the state where they uh, will soon be looking for a new superintendent. Did you have a thought on Mr. Rafe's uh, retirement from Olentangy Schools?
2: Yeah, don't don't let the door hit you where the good Lord splits you. That's my <laughs> thought on Mark Rafe. Um, look, I've had personal interactions with Mark Rafe, and I'm certain that within the world of academia, where you know a lot of things that don't matter matter. Um, but in terms of what matters to me, um, I saw a lot of arrogance. I saw a lot of disrespect. I saw a lot of dismissiveness. I saw a lot of, look, I'm the expert. Who are you? How dare you? Um, so it couldn't happen to a better guy. Adios amigo.
1: Jack Windsor, the best be a subscriber. I am theOhiopressnetwork.com. Follow Jack on Twitter at Jack Windsor. It's where you'll find out what's really going on at the Ohio state house and, um, uh, with our state government because it is relevant in your life, even though it's a little bit in the weeds sometimes because the federal stuff is always on the news shows, but the state stuff really affects you and you need to be invested in it. Jack, thanks for your time today. Really appreciate it. God bless you, Bruce. Look, I do not have any stake in the Ohio Press Network, but I'm telling you, it's worth the subscription because that's the one place you'll get the truth as it applies to news in the state of Ohio